Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Down Under the Ring podcast. I'm your host, The Warship, and I am joined, as always, by Fidmic Awesome. Today, we have got AEW Wrestle Dream coverage. Oh, there's a lot to get through. Maybe too much, perhaps. Also, the big news of the day is that AEW is rated R superstardom. We got the big edge talk as well. But, Fid, how you doing? Good, good, man. Isn't it crazy we're up to 14 episodes already? I know, right? I was just saying the other day, oh, you know, we're at seven. That's the time when everyone quits. And now we've doubled it. And, and that the, probably makes us the best podcast in the world, really. Oh, just saying. definitely. In saying that, I do want to say we've had some super, super cool tweets and stuff over the last, I would say, four weeks where people have just been literally saying, best podcast. Like, yep, the video. I've got so many DMs as well, just from people saying, look, I know that you do this thing and I've been listening to it. I didn't tell you that I was listening to it, but I just want to say I tune in every week yeah. and it's my favourite thing to listen to. So it's really cool. Yeah, so thanks to everybody that does go out of their way to reach out and let us know because um, sometimes we feel like we're out here on our own and uh, we, we see the, view, the, not the viewers, the listener numbers and the downloads and the plays and that's always cool. But, you know, being told that you're doing a good job is always nice to get a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, so keep it coming. Go on, just do it. Just keep just, on just giving sh- us the old give, give, stroke of the ego. I was just about to say, like, <laughs> stroke that ego nice and firmly. Yeah, yeah, both hands. Please do. We'd love to see it. We'd love to hear it. But we're speaking of both hands. We've got a long-ass episode here. This is going to be one you've got to strap yourselves in for. Uh, hopefully not too much, but holy shit, what a long-ass show Wrestle Dream was. Dude, um, do you... It used to be funny, like the, um, do you remember when WWE first started doing the pre-shows? And yeah. you used to get like maybe one match on their pre-show and it was just enough to sort of say, hey, buy the pay-per-view, this is going to be a great show. And th- that was essentially what it was, right? It was a free broadcast to make you buy the show. You'd get like uh, one singles match and one tag match. And the tag match was like a hastily, it was a schmoz. Yeah. It was just thrown together and it was just a nothing match. And usually the singles match was the one match they couldn't get on the big card. Yeah. And it's like Tony Khan has looked at that format and gone, no, what we're going to do is we're going to do half an hour for free because essentially it is a zero hour and a half, not a zero hour. Because they do the first half hour for free on YouTube, which is going through the card, blah, 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 all the interviews. Um, and then you get an entire episode of Rampage for free. Um, and they squeezed in so many matches this time. So we had uh, Kojima, Lee, Starks and Athena uh, versus Martinez, Diamante, Taylor and Moriarty. Um we had Castagnoli versus Bar- uh, Barnett, sorry, Luchasaurus versus Nick Wayne, and the acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus TMDK. Like that is a solid episode of Rampage. It, it's it really is. It's such a strong a strong thing for what is essentially the pre-show. And I, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but you could have put that TMDK match on the main show. I'd be very happy. They with that. had no room. They had no room on the main card for half the matches they put on the main card <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was wild and look i i don't know because it's like we always complain about their wrestlemania shows being like four five six seven hours long yeah like 
I think one year, like it, it, it gets split into two DVDs. Like I remember that. Like, and it's just it's crazy when you think about that compared to here. It's become the norm. Yeah. On AEW, here's, here's one thing I think WWE does better. Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing, right? Is WWE they only have their wrestlers on their show. They only have matches that make sense to have on a show because they've got key storylines going, and you get a good, well-paced. Um, uh, pay-per-view out of it or PLE or whatever the fuck we're going to call them. Um, but I think this is the issue that we have with AEW is every time they have a pay-per-view, we're trying to squeeze on matches for AEW, which are the important ones. We're trying to squeeze in a few Ring of Honor ones to remind people that Ring of Honor exists. And then we're also squeezing in New Japan stuff as well. Um, and I... While I love seeing all of these wrestlers get an opportunity, like the Mighty Don't Kneel are a good example of that, right? Getting to see them on Western television is sick. But the issue we have is we've got these eight-hour-long pay-per-views, essentially. I can't remember how long this one was, but it was long. It was a whole day. You're putting in a work day to watch one of these shows. Here's my thing. Um... My issue, and the reason actually, the reason why I think we have this problem is because every PLE, they hire like four people. Like, like <laughs> it is exactly what I say every week that we talk about yeah. this. It is over congestion of a roster. Absolutely. There are so many talent on that roster who deserve a spot on every pay-per-view. Starks being on the dark show, for mm. example. Like, that's wild, right? Mm. It's stupid. And it's just continuing to bolster this locker room every single month. You're going to have this problem. You're going to always have this problem until you fully split the brands, give them both the exact same amount of TV, and that's it. And, like, and, you, and you can't do it any other way. I'm even okay with them splitting pay-per-views at the site at the stage. Like, yeah, give them a uh, give us a uh, dynamite um, pay-per-view, and then the next month give us a um, uh, collision pay-per-view. I don't have an issue with that if it makes more sense, right? Well, considering they always book these like super dream world, like, you know, like like awesome, like worlds collide, like, you know, these massive shows where they try to bring something from everything into it. Yeah. Why not make that part of the deal? Like showcase it within your own industry, your own company. Yeah. Like why not have the brands be separate? And then when it's time to do one of these bigger events, you do one of these bigger events. Yeah, exactly. Um, just going very quickly over that uh, zero hour, all the matches that they had, um, uh, there's a couple on there that I was like, okay, cool, didn't need to even be on the pay-per-view, like uh, the um, four-way tag, didn't need to be there, the mixed tag. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it did anything for any of the characters uh, or the wrestlers. Uh, there was no real storyline for why they were all in a match together. I felt like it was purely let's get some more ladies on uh, screen. Look, the ladies need more screen time, but you went and created a match which also had dudes in there. <laughs> right? Um, uh, Castagnoli versus Barnett was an amazing show. Like, I can't believe we got that show for free. Like, that was an amazing match. It was a very old school sort of wrestling match as well. Like, um, a lot of people are saying that uh, online that this is an amazing match to be getting for free because Josh Barnett is essentially the wrestler's wrestler. I didn't know who this dude was really. I've seen his name floating around. He's not heavily 
on a lot of Western um, wrestling. Uh, I do remember him being in the UFC moons ago. Um, but the only time I really see him now is uh, I think they do a GCW pay-per-view that he runs every year, Bloodsport. Um, so, cool. Um, but, yeah, don't match, really don't match. Um, there was this one part uh, during the uh, zero hour after the Castagnoli fight uh, where Josh Barnett grabs a microphone, completely unscripted apparently, uh, and he basically goes on about how much he respects and loves Claudio uh, thought he was amazing it's the first time they've ever fought and um, but then goes on this whole thing about how Antonio Noki would have really loved him um, and all of that uh, which may be absolutely true uh, a lot of I heard some commentary uh, after the pay-per-view basically saying that Tony would have loved this you know having having one of Anoki's uh, students saying that Anoki would have loved one of his talents uh, but the as a viewer this is how I felt about it it was like Josh had no idea how well known Claudio was and how well respected Claudio already is uh, and like he's almost trying to give him the rub when he didn't need it exactly that's how it felt it was uh, like Claudio looked chuffed yeah uh, but it, it was very weird yeah, okay. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, you know, obviously with the talents that are in the match, uh, straight off the bat, yeah, it was never going to be a, a garbage match. Uh, no. I didn't tell you that. Like, no, no. <laughs> um, and look, Claudio just keeps getting better and better. You can put him in there with a broomstick and he'll have a five-star match. Yeah, exactly. Um, shocking to see the acclaimed defending their titles, the three ways on a free pay-per-view as well. But, um, you know, seeing the mighty don't kneel, like you said earlier, awesome. My boys, Shane and Mike, it's so good to see them getting a little bit of coverage. Yeah, but but also it would have it would have been cool to see this on a dynamite. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like I I, I would love to see them properly debut a lot yeah. because they're my friends. But then at the same time, it's like, what did I just say about hiring people and congestion of the roster? Yeah. Fire a couple of people first, yeah, and then hire them. Like, like, yeah, it's it's getting to that point now where I almost don't want to see people getting hired by the company because I'm worried that that will make other people completely irrelevant. It's funny that you say that because I know that in about 45 minutes' time we're about to swoon over a hire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, so the only match that had any real bearing on the pay-per-view was Luchasaurus versus Nick Wayne. Um, so this one here... Nick Wayne got demolished. Looked like he got severely injured. Uh, was a it was a good match. It's exactly what you expect, though. Uh, Nick Wayne, small dude, Luchasaurus, essentially AEW's Kane. Um, oh, he's just getting bigger as well. Yeah, and he just demolished Nick Wayne in front of his mum. <laughs> How do you feel about Luchasaurus as a wrestler? I okay, so I like Luchasaurus. I think he is very talented. I actually used to like watching his stuff on Lucha Underground. Yeah, um, which is it's weird that I didn't watch, haven't watched a lot of uh, non WWE stuff, but I did used to watch Lucha Underground. Um, uh, but I used to like him on that. Um, I do. This is the only thing is I find the dinosaur gimmick very strange. Yeah, but in saying that, I think the guy's a monster, right? So, well, like I don't even know how tall he's probably six eight, right? Six seven. Yeah, you'd have to be close to that. And he's just 
enormous. And the best part about him is he can move. Yeah. Like, my God, can he move. Yeah. Like, obviously, later on, we're going to talk about the thing. But the snap on him taking the thing. Yeah. Like, it's just flawless. It's like a little guy taking it. So, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Luchasaurus. But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. On to the main card now. Uh, we start off the pay-per-view proper with MJF versus The Righteous, or as I've written down, The Devil's Rejects. Um, dude, this match was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about MJF being on the opener of the night. But as we said um, last week, you know, if you're not in the main event, be in the opener. It's just MJF to me feels like he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, he's the world champ and he is also, you know, the biggest home-growing star that they've got. Um, I mean, obviously, I know the story with it. Yep. You know, the I will I will do this by myself kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to def- defend your honour, Adam. Yeah, like that's a, a handicap match and it's the first match of the night with the world champion. Yeah. I like, I genuinely thought that there was going to be some fuckery in this match. Like someone was going to come out and help MJF and all this sort of thing. Um, what was cool, he came out and he actually called his shots right on the ramp, right? So he's basically uh, said exactly the moves he was going to pull on them, um, and which is cool as a viewer because you're waiting the whole time for him to do that, right? It's something he started to do during his face run is doing exactly this, and it was a super fun match. He also denied um, attacking Jay White while he was on the ramp as well. Um, this... Funnily enough, was a super sports entertainment match. And you know what? That's good. It'll it'll uh, soften him up for when you get your worst nightmares come true in about three months' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, super good match. Um, and uh, MJF retained the Ring of Honor Championship. It's I. It's crazy. I don't know how long we're going to have this Ring of Honor Championship reign with these guys especially if adam is genuinely injured like it seems like he is um like are we going to keep the belts on them until adam's back and then that's when we have some storyline stuff or what i would like to see him at least be at the venue when they lose so i think unless unless he's there i don't think mjf's losing Mm. i think that we'll be in a situation where if he does this again he defends the titles again if it's if adam cole's not there He'll, he'll still retain. I think the only time he may lose is if Adam Cole is like, you know, standing ringside with crutches or something, and that's when he'll lose. All right, moving right along because we've got <laughs> heaps of stuff to get through. Um, Swerve and Hangman Page, great match, potentially a five-star match, uh, maybe four and a half, 
I don't know if we care about the stars. Um, really good match. However, I just didn't feel invested in it, and I, it's one of those matches I feel could have been cut and done on Dynamite. <laughs> um, although I do love seeing Swerve on pay-per-views in a good spot. So it's a really weird one. It's like, and I'm probably going to do this throughout the entire pay-per-view. How where, many are there? You know, it's thing. like, one, this two, is awesome. Three, Great four, match. Five, awesome six, to see this seven, person. But it's one eight, of the ones that could have been nine, cut purely to cut ten, down the time of this pay-per-view. Ten matches and on the main show, plus one, two, three, four, five. Fifteen matches. And how many wrestlers got to work that week? Because Fifteen matches. Um, there's a That's lot of uh, fucking ridiculous. You know, four on four, two on two tags. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people yeah, for got, like to, NXT, got paid. It's usually this four weekend. to five, right? And then for a mainline show, it's yeah. usually five to six. Like that's just crazy. I mean, WWE are averaging crazy. four to five matches per PLE now, uh, and it was the same for Starks versus Wheeler Yuta. Like, yep, yeah, they're both yep. really <laughs> amazing talents. Uh, look, Swerve's going to oh not Swerve Starks is going to be a um, superstar, especially when he signs his contract in uh, January. Yuta, uh, I think, is amazing, um, and ah, just... yeah, could have been on TV. Okay, so now we're down to. We're down to 13 matches. Let's see how many more we can cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shibata versus Eddie Kingston. Can't cut this. This dude. You reckon cut it? No, I said you can't cut this. I, you can't cut this. No, 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 no. So this one here, I have not watched a shit ton of New Japan, but the vibe I got is this was a New Japan match. It's easy. New Japan is you look at each other really intensely, you beat the piss out of each other until one of you can't stand yep. up anymore. Yep. The end. <laughs> and that was essentially what happened, right? It was a great match. Eddie got the win. Um, and I don't think anybody doubted Eddie was going to get the win. He's booked in too much shit coming up. <laughs> and uh, I feel like this is the problem with uh, allowing a lot of these guys to um, take indie dates as well. Is, as a smart, you kind of look at these indie dates and go... Okay, he's booked to be on New Japan Strong. He's booked to be on this. He's booked to be on that. He's not losing the title this week. Well, I see some benefit to that, though, too, because in a situation where you want to do an injury angle, when you write someone off, you write them off of everything, and that's when it becomes more real. You know, like... There is that. But from the other side of the coin, I can definitely see it. Like I can definitely see, okay, well, we know he's got a bunch of dates. He's already been advertised as the champion on all these other dates. Like... You know, nothing's changing. Especially if one of those dates is a New Japan date and he's holding, he, you know, he, he's putting the New Japan strong title yeah. up on this. Yeah, no, exactly right. Exactly right. But not excellent, yeah. fantastic. Like, Beat the piss out of each other. Fantastic. Could not cut that match at no. all. So that one there stays on the card. Yeah. Uh, now, here's one. The TBS title, this match fucking kicked ass. Uh Julia Hart came in against Chris Statlander. I love Chris Statlander. I think she's <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, also, out of all the stars on AEW, she's one of the ones that I think super hot as well. <laughs> that and I don't hurt. know why. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but Julia Hart, she has done some amazing work in the last year. I think she has done so much to strip away her old uh, gimmick that she had as the cheerleader and all this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. And... Her character work's been fucking phenomenal, uh, as well as her wrestling's been really fucking good as well. Um, and this is her first loss this year. Which is crazy to think about it too. Yeah. But we're nearly at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. 
Another excellent as well. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, can't cut this one, I have to say. No, that one there absolutely fucking stays on the card. What about the next match, that one. Okay, so I've called this one the brothers versus the brothers versus the brothers versus Team Low Energy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think Team Low Energy is a perfect name for those two. So it's Hook versus Orange Cassidy. Both their gimmicks are... Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> except one's, uh, and uh, I'll murder you. And the other one's, uh, and I'll kick you softly. Yeah. Um, dude, this match, fucking... Honestly, this was just botch city, this match. It was not a great match at all. Viva botch uh, also, Vegas. It also felt like another match that did not need to be there. It felt like one that was... And I know it had purpose, right? So it was the winner of this match goes on to get a shot at the tag team titles against FTR later. Um, And I don't think it had to be on the pay-per-view. It felt like it was purely there to get everybody on the pay-per-view. And it just sucked. So And... Ray, Ray Phoenix, by the sounds of it, who is the international champion, uh, is now injured because of this match. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean- so he so he essentially didn't fight for most of the match. Uh, Pen, uh, Penta did all of the legwork for that uh, team. I feel like we've been talking about injuries around Ray Phoenix a lot lately. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit telling. Uh, look, is it just bad fucking luck, though? Could because, be. I mean, yeah, uh, or is there, is it a Ray Phoenix issue? Maybe. Look, you know, whenever you... Like he's been he's been personally injured a lot since he's been signed to AEW. Whenever you get an international star make their home in America, um, yeah. you do get a little bit of this. I have always said... And I used to argue um, with a friend about this all the time who would always talk about Super Crazy being amazing. That's a name I haven't heard for so long. <laughs> Similar vibe, though. Like, Go back and yeah. watch some ECW matches and tell me yeah. that you don't see a botch every 10 minutes in a Super Crazy match because everything is 100 miles an hour. It's the style. like It's the wrestling style, was, for sure. It was the same when they brought Mystico over to WWE. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's so fast-paced. And there are different rules for lucha wrestling than there are for Americanized mm. wrestling, Western wrestling. Like they take a different hand, they get up differently. There, there are a bunch of different rules that it takes a bit to get used yeah. to and acclimatized to. So, but hey, I hope not. I hope it's just a case of, um, oops, you know. Just bad yeah, luck. I do. Yeah. But like I said, this could have been collision or dynamite. Well, now we're down to 12 matches. Let's see. <laughs> okay. Do you think this one should have been cut? <laughs> no. Danielson versus <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> no. This one here, this one here on any other pay-per-view should have been the main event. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You give a little bit of stakes to this match and it could it could carry months of program. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other pay-per-view, this would have been the main event. So how did you feel about um, it considering it was your first real jaunt into the match between these two? Bro. It was amazing. It was a clinic. I, w- I felt like I was... Like, I have always loved good technical wrestling. Um, like, back in the day, as a WCW fan, I used to get lots of that. Um, and WWE doesn't really do it. And so over the last, what, 
20 years as a wrestling fan. I haven't seen a shit ton of it. Like, even when Danielson was in WWE, like, it was his gimmick is that he was the wrestler. But um, we didn't really see it like that. No, he did right? lots of so it was amazing. Running knees and not a lot of technical wrestling in the WWE. Yeah. Um, one thing that I just to call back to that. You think about probably the most proficient technical wrestler of the last decade or probably last 20 years rather than the last decade because I still think it's the fucking 2000s. Um, it, it is very obviously, in my eyes, Dean Malenko. And I was just about to say Malenko. You look at Malenko's work in WCW versus him dancing in WWE. Yeah, so that, that absolutely. Yeah, see, Malenko was one of my favourites in WCW. Yeah, mine too. Absolutely one of my favourites. One of my favourite wrestlers, period. So, yeah. I mean, is he is he, is he a great character wrestler? Didn't have no, to be. absolutely Did not. Did Bret Hart, was he but, a good character wrestler? No. Like, fuck no. <laughs> his promos sucked balls. Yeah, it was all Canada's real good, eh? Everything else sucks. And that was it. Like, so, yeah. and that's the thing is, is that, when you get people who are this caliber of technical wrestler, you're Danielson, you're Zack Sabre mm. Jr., who I have to say, mm. I actually rate Zack Sabre Jr. above pretty much anyone in the world as far as mm-hmm. a technical wrestler goes. He can do everything. Um, he's not for everyone. He's a wrestler that is small doses for your average wrestling fan because yep. you will watch the start of the match and you'll be like, okay, interesting. And then the middle of the match will be pretty much the same and you'll be like, oh, I'm getting bored. And then the next part of the match is going to be similar. And you'll be like, oh, okay. And then it picks up. Wait a minute. And it picks up. Yeah. And it picks up. But getting to that point is really difficult for your average wrestling fan, in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was an amazing match. Um, and the end of it was super cool as well. Uh, Brian got the, got the win. Yeah. And um, he ended up giving Aubrey uh, a massive hug at the end of the match. Yeah. And at first I was like, that's weird. Like he's super happy to have won the match and all that. The story behind the hug is actually what was quite cool as it was in that very arena where Brian retired in the WWE. Yeah. And Aubrey is the girl who was in the crowd crying when Daniel Bryan retired. It's so, such a good story. Right, and so they didn't tell that as part of the story on screen, but um, just and they said, Brian actually talked about it after the match and the press scrum. He said he goes, yeah, that wasn't part of the story. That was part of our story, and that's and that's why he 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 felt like he wanted to give her a hug because it felt like a full circuit full circle moment for those two. It's such a special thing as well. Like that just shows how much he cares in general, you know, about yeah. what he does. Yeah. And I've always said like he's just one of the best to ever do it and if yeah. he was a foot taller he'd still be WWE champion like oh 100% that's the thing is is that he was never supposed to get where he got but well, he did no and he proved his self worth it there and now in AEW cuz the height limits a little bit different over in AEW like he can really shine mm-hmm. and he can really get these like marquee matches down as well 100% um there was a concern. He was really favoring his arm after that match. Um, he did say in the press conference that his arm and his wrist were swollen. Uh, but by the sounds of it, there was no no injury. He hasn't re-injured himself. He's probably just aggravated the arm. Look, as someone who's but, dealing um, with an injury, I don't consider my neck hurt, but there are times where I will lay funny and then I'll get up and I'll be like, oh, that hurts. 
So yeah, it could just be a simple matter of that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was super concerned, but I think this is going to be Danielson's run for the next year. Is just going to be having these fucking killer matches, dream matches. Well, he's only got one year left, right? Yep. And this is going to be him for the next twelve months. Is just him having these amazing matches. I mean, I hope so. I hope the I hope he ticks every box, every match he wants to get. I done. I hope he manages to find a tour in Japan. Yep. That he's always wanted. He still hasn't had. He's still never wrestled uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I don't believe. Yeah, okay. No, I would love to see him do. Um, right, the Callis family versus uh, I've put here the Golden Lions. So it was the Golden Lovers and Chris Jericho. Yeah. Apparently, they have called themselves the Golden Something or Others. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, amazing fuckery to end the match. Not a beautiful match, but it was fun. No, look, like this. The the end of the match was just fuckery after fuckery after fuckery, and it was good. I I think that it's what it needed to be. When you think about the storyline yeah. and everything it's been leading up to, like you can't just have a clean finish and that's the end of the story, you know? No, there's there's no way. And and this and this is going to go on for longer. Oh um, yeah, without a doubt. It's funny, Callis is somebody who years ago I didn't give two shits about. My God, I'm invested in him now. Oh man, I love him. Like, even before when he was Cyrus, like in ECW. Like the network yeah. scumbag, like everything he's done, the jackal in WWE, like he's yeah. such a good entertainer, like so good at yeah. what he does. And he's really fallen into his niche now, I think, in AEW. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He is such a cunt. Yeah, absolutely. Just a massive, massive cunt. Yeah, and he's, I love him for yeah. it. Uh, Aussie Empire versus FTR. Um, this match here. I genuinely thought that Aussie Empire may have won this one. I, I, I was messaging you while this match was going, and I said to you, hey, I think the Aussies might have this. Yeah. I mean, the dream, right? We can dream. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Um, I, don't, I don't really don't see FTR losing those belts until their contracts end and they go to WWE, if, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, I didn't see... Um, uh, well, I was sorry. I haven't heard anything to confirm this yet, but it looks like Davis might have broken his wrist or, in, uh, wrist or injured himself. Um, and that uh, they uh, did the shatter machine on FTR and um, it landed on his hand. Yep. No, I haven't and seen anything he was, yet. Yeah, he was massively favoring his, uh, his wrist and his hand afterwards, and it looked pretty bad. Every move he did afterwards. He was basically using his forearm instead of his hand to execute moves. Yep. No, I... Um, oh, he's confirmed that he's suffered an injury, but that's all it is. Yeah. Not surprised. It, it, it definitely looked like it. That was a dope match. Uh, what I am disappointed about, though, is because FTR did win this, yep. we've now got FTR versus the Bucks for, and I don't, I don't care for FTR versus the Bucks as much as I used to. No, I just went to his Twitter, actually. Sorry, his ex... He's, uh, um, uh, Mark Davis has written, sometimes you win them, sometimes you snap your wrist. So it looks like he's delivered ah, a broken fuck. wrist. Bugger. Yeah. Poor dude. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but do you think they're going to end up on WWE, dear? FTR. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a real Are you, yeah, there's a real big part I was, of me. I was thinking about, so yesterday we recorded the WWE episode and we were, talked about 
you know, whether it was going to be the case. And I've slept on that, and I don't think it's going to happen purely because of edges over there. I think they're going to want to hang out with their boy. Like... Unless unless Trips backs the money truck up, because that speaks volumes. What about their <laughs> other boy? They might want to go hang out with their other boy after Survivor Series. This is true. This is and true. I think that's, that is... I was speaking to uh, Rogue Raven, our good friend, yesterday. Yep. And we both agreed that that is almost a lock at this point like with everything that's happened this week and with everything that's happened in the weeks leading up to it it's man if they if it doesn't happen if we don't hear cult of personality play at survivor series i will actually be shocked yeah i actually be shocked um you don't think uh rated ftr would be a good triple Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be fantastic. But, yeah, look, I know that they both were very unhappy with the way the situation went down. I would be yeah. surprised if they stuck around. Uh, it'd be interesting to see that. Yeah. Darby versus Christian. We are now in the end game of this pay-per-view. <laughs> By the way, how many have we cut? How many uh, have we cut, cut from three. this? We've cut three. We've cut three matches in... Uh, Plus one, two, three from the. Unless you think the um, Callus family, or the Aussie M, or the Aussie um, Open match could be cut. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I think the I think I think we needed the Aussie Open match on there. Yeah. I just I just am unimpressed that FTR are going to be facing the Bucks after. Yeah, yeah we don't need this. Uh, and I think the Callus one needed to be there as well because we needed some sports entertainment. <laughs> yeah, we only had one sports entertainment I mean, so far. Yeah, yeah, so and that's your second sports entertainment match. But your third sports entertainment match is the main event. Uh, Darby Allen versus Christian Cage. Any other pay-per-view, you'd be stoked to see this in the first half of the pay-per-view. Yeah. But uh, but it, the, it was very telling yeah. what was going to go down, the right? The worst kept the moment in wrestling. <laughs> um, the match was actually done. Yeah, a really, really good match. The match was... Really Except good. Christian, stupid dickhead Darby Allen's a psychopath and he's going to kill himself in the ring one day. Bro, those fucking shots that he was taking on the steel stairs. Yeah. Bro, those falls looked so bad. Absolutely just shocking. There was, I will say this, the first, the first one he took, um, that one looked quite safe. It looked really bad if you didn't know what you were looking yeah. for. But, yeah, he lands feet first and yep. all that sort of thing. Um, the second one, though, bro, I don't know how he could have protected himself on that no, one. Well, you can't. That's the secret. That, that's his secret is that he's always in pain. Like, you know, it's like the Hulk yeah. is always angry. Darby Allen is always in pain because there's no way around that. That just would have hurt. Like, yeah. Like, is Darby Allen still going to be wrestling in 10 years' time? Is Darby time? Allen still going to be alive in 10 years' time? Like, because there's a real <laughs> chance. Yeah, like we were saying the same thing about um, Edge and Christian, and we were saying the same thing about the Hardys like 20 years ago as well. Yeah. Um, if there was anybody to be in the ring with to make you look like you're killing yourself and know how to keep you safe, it is going to be one of those four guys. Yeah. Um, but there's just some, like you said, some things that you cannot fake. Yeah, there's just no um, way to do it. There's no way to fake it. And but how fucking good is Christian looking at the moment? Oh my god, 
he looks amazing right now. Like he like he moves well. He physically looks awesome. Yeah, man. Like yeah. this is. Look, I think I think Christian life. physically. Christian physically, like looking at his body, his arms, and everything, right? He looks better than his last ten years in WWE. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention the character work he's doing at the moment is fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, aside from his uh, run against Orton, which I think he was in the best shape of his life for, um, I think that yep. how he is now is right on par with it, considering he's like so much older as well. Um, he's so much older, and he literally has the same injury that took Edge out. Yeah. He he quietly retired for what was it, five years or yeah. whatever. Yeah. With no fanfare. Yeah. With the, the, like, yeah. But yeah, back to talking about, I had my conversation with Rich. We were talking about uh, Christian and it was like, man, I feel so bad for Christian because he's just coming into his own. <laughs> he's just becoming this amazing, like, top line star. And then who fucking shows up again to outshadow him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because that was always the case with him in WWE, right? He was always doing amazing work physically. Yeah. Uh, even when he was doing some of his character stuff was amazing back then, but he was always playing second fiddle yeah. to Edge. Like, Edge was clearly always the favourite. Yeah. So um, we get to the final moments of this match. Um, as, as we said, Darby's been taken out on these ring steps. Um, he's about to get counted out as well, um, but they've stopped the match. They've stopped the count um, because they're worried about Darby, and he goes around. He starts pulling the ring ropes up, um, uh, pulling the apron up. He's pulling the mat off, He and he just comes out, where, and um, he's got Luchasaurus there. He's got, uh, uh, what is it, Wayne there as well, and they're just, destroying him then we get sting uh which cool haven't seen sting all night it's always good to see sting yeah. love the guy one of my favorites as a kid uh, yeah might i add um, he still doesn't look any different i've been watching a lot of impact like i said last episode he looks exactly the fucking same oh dude sting looks amazing yeah. and i think Sting's run in AEW has been phenomenal and I get concerned every time he has a physical match because I don't want him to hurt himself again. Yep. No, I don't want him to. But he insists on doing shit like jumping from fucking high points and doing splashes and it's it scares yep. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, he gets taken out. They're about to do the concerto on, con- concerto on him. Uh and the stadium blacks out. Yep. We get a video on screen, feature presentation, and we see a man in a car driving around uh, Seattle. Uh, there's a little Easter egg in that video that I actually picked out last night when I rewatched. Oh, it. Oh, yeah, well, I did see it is, too. Uh, it was only a split second, but um, we go back to the ring. Now, I will say this. The video package, I think, took away from yep. yeah, I do too. the moment. Everyone I've spoken to loves it. They're all like, I love when they do this. This is so cool. I think if the lights had come out and it had have been the door open part and the walk towards the venue part and then straight to it, yep. we're there. That's all I needed. I didn't need him getting in the yep. car and rated our star on the fucking ground as he's driving. Like... Yeah. I, he could have just gone straight in and it would have been just as big in my eyes. Yeah. But 
in saying that, and this is the thing, right? We talk about how the it was the worst kept secret. Yeah. We all knew this was happening. We were all 90% sure. The moment Darby and uh, Christian Cage were announced for the main yeah. event, we were like, yeah, it's happening, yeah. right? But we still got surprised because the moment they go back to the arena after the video, we hear, you think you know yeah. him. Which is different. <laughs> and then... Yeah, it is. But then we get the um, metal ingots. Yep. And that was fucking wild. Yeah. It was wild. Like, still having a moment to pop. Like, there was still a surprised element to this. Like, we we may be getting the rated R superstar Adam Copeland, but we are getting oh, Edge. It is, like, yeah. This is Edge. It is Edge. Um, so It's the full package. Again, in talking to Rich, he did a little bit of deep diving for us um, since we spoke last. And he found out that because of the American version of the ASRB, WWE was never actually able to um, copyright the words rated R and the word superstar yes. isn't enough to copyright either. So they never held have never it owned at it. all. Like never held the copyright yeah. for it, which is why they can use it. Dope. It was so So good. dope. So there was some confusion, which, you know, commentary is going off and – one person's calling him um, Adam Copeland, then he's called uh, Rated R Superstar, and I'm yeah. like, fucking hell, like, have they got the rights to everything? Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you feel watching us back? Look, man, I think I've watched it about 50 times. Like, yep. this, the pop, and one thing that I noticed from the fan cams, because it doesn't pick it up on the main cam, but on the fan cams, you can hear the crowd sing every single word of Metalingus. Like, it is yep. so loud. They are so into it. When he gets down to the ring and Christian's like, hey, buddy, and gives him the chair and Edge takes the chair. He's like, oh, go on, give him a concerto. And the crowd, they start to lose it. They start to like, no, surely he's not coming in to be a heel. And there's that little bit. Yeah. You don't think he is because you're like, oh, surely not. But there's that moment yeah. where he like puts the chair on Sting's head and he goes to lift it up. Where you're like, because there's, there's there's that element with AEW of they've done a really good job yeah. over the last couple of years of actually do, going against what yeah. we think. Um, so there's always the possibility. Yeah. Um, and then he turns and he goes bang with the chair, throws a chair at Luchasaurus, spears Luchasaurus, Christian, Christian fucking legs it instantly. He's like, nope, no, 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 no. Yep. And then he hits a second Out spear, and both the spears. The Luchasaurus one in particular onto the chair, fucking hell. Couldn't have been any better, like if you tried. Because yep. it sells Luchasaurus as a monster. And because it's not just the spear that took him out, you know? I, yeah, I, dude, I popped. I was super happy. Uh, I don't always watch the uh, press conferences afterwards or the media scrums afterwards, but this was one that I was sitting there with the press. Uh, the YouTube stream waiting because I wanted to hear from Edge afterwards. Look, it's um, probably a little bit scary if you, as an AEW fan, to watch media scrums now after all that's happened at them. Oh, dude, <laughs> i tell you what was scary is Edge starts talking and it's like he gets asked about, uh, you know, being here and all that and he starts doing the whole talk of uh, there's people here that I want to work with, I want to help the young people, there's people I've never worked with before and I start getting nervous. I'm like, fuck. This is the CM Punk speech. This is the same speech Punk gave when he yep. came in. <sighs> and then fucking MJF being all like, we've got all these great stars like Christian, 
edge. You hear Tony Khan yeah. go, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. Dude, that was so <laughs> He's funny. Like, oh, Adam um, Copeland. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens later on as well. Uh, Kenny accidentally called him uh, edge yeah. as well. Uh, it's going to take a bit of training to get it out of our heads, I think. I think that down under the ring still have the best option with calling him Edge. That's to me, that's the the Kiwi slang. We can book him from we can book him from over yeah. your way. I almost tried yeah, to say the word. Like, I can't say the word, but I almost tried to edge. say it. It's Edge. Over an old That's what I tried to say. <laughs> uh, Dude, I look, I think Edge coming in is the shot in the arm that AEW need, needs. Uh, essentially, this is the CM Punk who moment. You know, I think it's the first shot. And I think that because we're recording this podcast a little bit later than we usually do, I think that we have some return fire already as of today on Raw, which we won't talk about till next week. Um, <laughs> but I think we have some return fire already with the return of DIY. I think that's a big step in the yep. right direction. By the way, I still have fucking goosebumps from that because fuck me. Um, but I think also, and I said it last, the last episode, so yesterday for us and whenever you guys listen to the last episode mm. for you, um, I think the return shot is definitely punk. I think that with the WWE possibly moving to Wednesdays in direct competition, direct competition, yep. we're going to start to get everything we want from both shows. I think that DIY yeah. coming back They're both is gonna the have first to step, step it up. in that direction. It's proof of it. Yeah. So Yeah. And it's also it's also proof like I know this is the AEW show, but this is proof that uh maybe Vince doesn't have total control anymore. Well, maybe he's Because we're starting to get a lot of NXT booking happening. And look, we've been screaming for that particular roster call up for ages. Um yep. and to me it's not like a coincidence that it happened a couple of days after Adam Copeland shows up in AEW. Yeah. I think that we're going to see a lot more coincidences, you know, like LA Knight getting the fucking step up last on, on SmackDown last week. Like yeah. we're going to see more and more of the shit we want to see happen in the WWE. And then it will be on AEW to respond. Exactly. And this is good for us as viewers. Oh. The best time in wrestling, which well documented was the Monday Night yep. Wars. Yep. Um, now, Edge has uh, gone public uh, afterwards, and since we're talking about the, the, the wars, I think this was one of the classier uh, comments that have come out uh, from a wrestler who's jumped ship. And uh, did you want to read this, or do you want me to um, read it? Oh, I can read it. You know, I'll do my, my little voice yeah. that I do. <clears throat> yeah, do, do, do your voice. All right. <clears throat> so this was this was Edge Insta, on right? Instagram. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. As some of you may now know, I'm no longer with WWE. My new home is AEW. I'm excited. Whole new roster. Some familiar faces that I wanted to work with again and a whole set of first ever matches. New challenges. And if you've followed my career, you know that's what I've always been driven by. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities through hard work on both ends. I've been supplied with a wonderful life. Hell, WWE helped me meet the woman I'd start my family with. Sometimes relationships just grow apart, and I feel the WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that. And that's okay. 
I'd still be watching and supporting all my friends there. I don't buy into the odd mentality of one company or the other. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine. It's wrestling, an amazing gig, but still, it's wrestling. Relax. It's supposed to be fun. And it's just a segment for the fans, not most fans, and definitely not the performers. Within the industry, we all know that more choices is better for everyone and pushes us all to be better. As a wrestling fan, which I still am, it's exciting that there's viable companies providing wrestling on national and worldwide platforms. If you're actually a fan of wrestling and not acronyms, that should make you happy too. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If you've appreciated my work, you still can, no matter what the initials are, because I'll still be busting my ass every time I'm out there. This ride isn't over just yet. Just try to have fun like it should be. Because trust me, I'll be having fun every time I'm out there in an AEW ring. Let's go. Classy as yeah, fuck. Honestly, there's nothing about that I don't agree with. I got on the internet pretty much immediately afterwards and the amount of fucking vitriol I saw from WWE fans mm -hmm. being all like, he's turned his back on us, he stabbed us in the back. And look, you know, we spoke about this weeks ago on the podcast. I said he'd mm. never leave. I didn't think he would go. Like, you know, yep. I'm not mad because it's so much better yeah. for him this way. It gives him so many opportunities to do shit he wants to do. And he should, he deserves yep. it. If you don't think he deserves it, you need to fucking really take a look at yourself as a wrestling fan. 100%. And see, it's funny because I've just, I've actually this close to fucking uh, shutting down my uh, Facebook because I get pissed off with wrestling fans on Facebook particularly. Not so much on uh, Twitter, uh, but Facebook wrestling fans are so weird um, because the memes and stuff I've been seeing on there about uh the AEW retirement village and uh all that so it's just really weird shit to me i'm like dude are you a wrestling fan or are you a wwe fan like i arguably am more of a AEW mark it's where i invest a lot more of my time but i fucking love wwe look behind me i have both their title belts behind me right i love both brands but you should. As a wrestling fan, you should. When the WCW versus yeah. WWF thing was going on, you had to watch both shows. You know, you, you, you just had I to. I couldn't. I, uh, I, I couldn't. I was a WCW guy because we couldn't get WWF in the part of New Zealand. Where oh, I sorry. We got um, WCW Nitro and we got Superstars yeah. and that was it. So we got like a 45 minutes of Michael Cole saying, hello and welcome to WWF Superstars and here's what happened and here's a backstage promo with the Road Dog in China or something like that. Like we didn't really get much growing up until Fox 8 took over yeah. the rights to Raw and SmackDown um, and that's when we really started. Yeah, get... whereas we got, we got Nitro, um, Thunder, Worldwide, and what was the other one? There was another weird one as well. One that was more of a talk show. Yeah. Oh, um, fuck, what was that called? Um, actually, no. Actually, Now that I think about it, um, we actually got, I think, Heat as well. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, for the WWE side of things, the only time I could watch WWE stuff was I, every month I would go to the video store and hire the latest pay-per-views. Oh, that was the good thing about the video stores is we actually got the pay-per-views on time. So full credit to WWE yeah. for that because that was a time where you couldn't watch it in Australia unless you were, like, yeah. stupid rich and had um, pay TV and 
satellite TV and all mm. that stuff. Remember, there used to be a time where people would put a massive fuck off satellite on the top of their house just to get wrestling. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely know what you're saying there. But at the same time, if you had the ability to, you would have been watching both shows all the time. Absolutely, 100%. Like I said, I went to the effort of going and getting the pay-per-views on VHS and then DVD once they were a thing because um, I used to love watching all of it. Yeah, and look, that's, that's, that's the thing is, is that now we do it for our job, like for our work here on the podcast. But yeah. even if we didn't do that, I'd still probably make my way around and watch both shows, particularly pay-per-views um, yeah. because it's a really exciting time to be a wrestler. Right now we've got Jade Cargill about to debut – um, we've had yep. obviously edges doing stuff this week on dynamite. Um, it's just, you, I would be really surprised if we didn't see some fucking shocks come out over the next two months, like real, real big shocks. Oh, hundred percent agree. Um, it's that my only problem as a wrestling fan now is it's really easy to access all the wrestling and there's too fucking much of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's... Um, right. I would love to have enough time to be watching Ring of Honor every week and NXT every week and um, buying the GCW pay-per-views because some of those are amazing. New Japan, I'd love to have a New Japan uh, subscription, have time to watch that stuff. It's just, bruh, we've all got day yeah, jobs. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it, takes, it takes a long time to go through everything. Um, yeah. But we love it, and that's the thing too. So I guess at the end of the day... My main and final thought on Edge's debut is that it can only be good for business. It can only be good for the business 100%. of pro wrestling. How how surprised are you that he's going to be a full-timer? I love it. I'm really keen on it because he had this sort of semi-full-time gig on WWE before he got injured, and when he came back, they just didn't have a lot for him on a week-to-week yep. basis. I think utilizing him to his fullest will be awesome. And... I was listening to Dave LaGreca on Busted Open earlier, actually, yep. and he was talking about how um, you don't even have to pull the trigger on Edge versus Christian. Like I think him and Bully right. said it. You, you can do it in a year's time. Let him get his singles matches out first and then give it to him in a year's – give it to us in a year's time. Here's Provided everyone thought. stays healthy. Like, yep. Here's the other thought I've had around uh, having Edge in the locker room. Yeah. As this potentially solves our locker room leader issue. Yeah. Uh, I think he could be the Undertaker role. Oh, if he He's... sticks around and he loves it and the people love him backstage, he could absolutely fulfill that role. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I don't think the punk shit would have happened if he was there. No. Like, no. I think He's... he would have diffused it. Yeah. He's got the respect. He's got the time. He's half of those. Oh, 90% of those wrestlers on that roster are young enough to be fans of his and would not want to piss him off. And yeah. I think I think him as a person, and, I, you know, we don't know him, but uh, as it says in his songs, um, <laughs> but um, he comes across as a guy who is pretty level-headed and firm at the same time. I feel like if you came up to him and said, hey, someone said something about me, or they did had a go at me, he would probably ask you to analyze the situation first. He would be like, okay, well, tell me what happened and tell me how you Look. feel. What have you done about it? And we can go from there. I feel like he would take a very hands-on approach. Yeah. And that he would help guide people through the right 
answer from here. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's had such a long tenure in one company. And look, he's faced he's faced some of the biggest scandals that can be faced in a WWE locker room, right? Oh yeah, I thought he was a massive fucking when he came through with the um, Matt Hardy stuff. Like I, I yeah. really lost respect for him during that whole period of time. Um, and I know a lot of the locker room did too, including yeah. the bosses at the time as well. But he, so but he dealt with it. Like he clearly found a way of dealing with it, and making it work. Because him and Matt have worked together for years afterwards. Oh, yeah. He was one of the first people to post a picture up, Matt was. Yeah. On, I did see that. After it all. Yeah, just him and uh, Edge hugging. Here's, so, here's, an, here's another little thing. We now have the potential for all of the brood to get back together. <laughs> Both iterations. Oh, the new brood. Oh, can you imagine the stable of the brood being all of them together? Holy shit. I have never, ever ever thought about that as a potential thing but in 2023 yeah, I could see there's it. potential there right i mean even if it's a one-off gig for one pay-per-view you could do it yeah come out to the music we couldn't use that because there's no way because that is a wwf original licensed song but yeah. come out to oh. something fucking heavy mikey like, ruckus is amazing he'll he'll come up with something yeah there you go something brood-esque from mikey ruckus um but yeah Man, coming up through the fire, I could see it for sure. As long as Edge doesn't wear that fucking dildo mask he wore, I'll be okay. <laughs> I fucking and hated then, that thing. And then I'd be happy with, in a couple of years' time, have Edge and Christian have an ENC run to finish Look, their, both their careers. For the benefit of those of Flash Photography, give us one more run. Give us the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian. Bring in the Dudley Boys. Get them in yep. as well. Do one final TLC match, like, end it on a high note. Um, you know, you could finish all of their careers in that one match. 100%. That could 100%. be the final song for all yep. of them. I mean, it's probably going to be the slowest uh, TLC match ever, but... <laughs> hey, but it insane, won't be a bad ins one. Insane that it would not be a bad one. Like, all of these guys can still work really well. Well, I have to say, Devon on Impact, he man, he looks good. He moved I, good. I was genuinely surprised considering he hasn't been wrestling. And the last time I saw him, he looked like shit. Yeah. Like, so yeah, nah, really, really glad to see it. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of fucking legs in this edge run. A lot of yep. legs. And there's so many benefits for AEW. Yeah. Yeah, it's only good news for AEW. Um all right, so before we get stuck into the ANZ roundup for the week, just a note for you guys listening at home. Um, next week, it's going to be a one-man show. Probably, maybe not, maybe I'll have a guest on because Fid is leaving me. I I'm abandoning you. Just, just like fucking Edge left the WWE, Fid's leaving. Yeah, I'm going to another podcast. <laughs> no, no, I, I've got a busy week of work uh, this coming weekend. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you're in Melbourne on Sunday, 
um, and you're around PAX, come say hi. Um, I'm going to be around the venue. Uh, I'm actually doing a talk at PAX as well, so uh, have a look on the schedule um, if you want to come along to that. But look, I'm going to be at PAX working all week, and um, then afterwards I've got a crazy week in the build-up to um, South by Southwest Sydney. So, uh, yeah, I just don't have it in me to the time available to do the podcast next week. Uh, mainly, look, I've got time to do the podcast. I don't have any time to watch any wrestling. Well, I will say that no matter what, we're going to have a guest. We're going to have a co-host, and we just have to hope that he's not better than you. <laughs> dude, imagine that. I, I get the text message saying, dude, don't bother coming back next week. <laughs> oh, we can't talk about it till next week, but it'd be like what happened this week on Raw. Oh, nah, yeah. fuck it. We'll talk about it a little bit this week with yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. what Mommy said. Where she gets in Dom's face and she's like, Dude. if you don't win the title next week, if you don't bring the title home to me next week, don't, don't bother come coming home. home at all. Bro, <laughs> what a moment. <laughs> oh. And, and that's yeah. what you're say, saying to me is yep. If, yep. If, the, if, the other, if the ring and co-host is better than me, don't bother turning up next week. If you don't bring us Manscaped. <laughs> As a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I am going to be at a venue with a whole bunch of uh, brands. I will try and get us a sponsor, and that way I can solidify my spot at the there top of the mountain go. here and down in, under the ring. In the down under the Judgment Day, you can definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. No, all right, that's good. That's good. We hear it here first, guys. Our new sponsor will be coming in the coming weeks because Finn's going to get them <laughs> sorted out for us. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand, they are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings, and heroes. OG Nerd strives to offer quality, comfortable, and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming, music, and street art. I've worked with OG Nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance. Whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better armor for your rig. Get yours at ognerdlife.com. All right. Uh, coming up in New Zealand, we have the One Warrior... Oh, One Warrior? One Warrior Nation? Uh, we have <laughs> Warrior Wrestling, Aotearoa Showdown, November the 11th in Takapuna. Uh, tickets are available from warriorwrestling.co.nz. Also coming up in October, we have the... International Wrestling Australia celebrating 25 years of live touring with an all-ages gig. Uh, it's going to be at St. John's Park Bowling Club in New South Wales. Then we've got Pro Wrestling Australia Black Label. They've got their Coliseum event for 2023. It's a two-night affair on the 21st and 22nd of October at Liberty Hall and... We were just talking about how amazing Zack Sabre Jr. is. He's rumoured to be at this event. Not confirmed, but I'm hearing strong rumours, so that's, I'm wanting to go to this one. Uh, All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia, they have their big There Can Only Be One event in November the 18th at Padstow. Uh, Melbourne City Wrestling have Fight to Survive 2023, uh, October 14th at the Thornbury Theatre in Victoria. And then, of course, in Melbourne... 
as well. We have Renegades of Wrestling with Breakthrough. That is happening 11th of November uh, at the Renegade Arena in Essendon. And on my side of the country, we've got EPW Vendetta. That is on Saturday, the 28th of October, 2023. On top of that, we've got Dude, Where's My Ring? February 23 and 24 with more details to come in the coming weeks. Uh, the big one, the big dog, ooh, ah, WWE, Optus Stadium, Perth, February 21st, 2024. Going to be enormous elimination chamber. So excited for that. Uh, and on top of that, we've got the EPW Aussie Wrestling Super Show, February 23rd in Willerton Stadium. And finally, we've got World Series Wrestling, October 6th to 13th. So this Friday, there are still tickets available. Saturday, Bapao, sold out. Tickets still available for Adelaide, Perth and Brisbane. Sydney, though, very, very sold out too. So if you can get along to that, do get along to that. Amazing. And uh, that's us for this week. It is. It is. Jeepers, I don't know how we did it, but I feel like the fucking AEW one ended up being shorter than the ridiculous WWE one. I don't know. You guys have to tell me because I haven't edited either of them yet. It could be shorter. <laughs> it could be longer. Who knows at this point? But, guys, thank you for listening. You, especially. You. Yes, you. Listening right now. Listening to me in the headphones. Hello. I hope you're doing really well. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always. We'll see you down under the ring. Yeah.